Southern Baptist Girl, from Caitlin. I have experienced sleep paralysis for most of my life, having my first episode around the age of seven. My mother has also experienced this throughout her life. As I got older, drawing from my mother's advice, as well as with the internet becoming more accessible, I realized how common it was, and learned that it is usually due to unusual sleep patterns, REM sleep, etc. This made sense to me because it usually occurred when I got too much sleep, or slept in an odd place like a car during a road trip, for example. I trained myself to not panic when it happened. I would let myself drift off to sleep during an episode, and once I was given the chance to get out of it, I would have to immediately get up or fall back into paralysis. I am no stranger to sleep paralysis, and experience it often. No biggie. When I was around the age of 18, 19 years old, this Southern Baptist gal was researching the Mormon Church, LDS. I, of course, had a Mormon boyfriend who was facilitating meetings with the Mormon missionaries, to which I consented because I wanted to learn. I had always enjoyed learning even if I wasn't committed to the faith. I wanted to know what was out there. My parents did not like this. At all. I was in complete emotional distress during this time in my life due to both sides wanting me to choose. For those who have taken lessons with LDS missionaries, they tell you to pray and ask God for yourself if the path is right for you and you will receive an answer in some shape or form. One night, fed up and exhausted by my turmoil due to both sides pushing me, I knelt down by my bed to pray. I immediately felt like I was being watched. I pushed through the feeling, continuing to pray in especially intense and emotionally worded prayer. Afterwards, I got in my bed and turned off the lights, ready for sleep. I laid there in silence, unable to shake the tension in the room. I didn't move an inch. I then heard a loud noise that seemed to go on forever. It sounded like metal pots and pans clanging together with the noise traveling about 12 feet from the side of my bed across my bedroom to my closet door. It was so loud that I thought my room was destroyed and did not know why no one else in the house had heard it slash woken up. I did not move. Finally, after a few minutes of stillness, I mustered the courage to move and turn on the light, but nothing seemed out of place. I searched confused by it and then realized that the glass from a picture hanging on the wall next to my bed had fallen out of the frame. The picture was still hanging, but the glass was in a sheet, not broken, on the floor next to my bed. I couldn't believe that this was the source of the noise I had heard based on how long it had traveled across the room, but I reconciled it in my head with thoughts like, well, maybe the sound just traveled. And who knows, maybe it did. But I was so scared that I called my dog up to the room to share the bed with me that night and I kept the lights on. Not shortly after the incident I mentioned above, I had a nightmare. Now, let me start by saying that I am no stranger to nightmares, and even the worst ones I can usually put myself back to sleep by simply understanding that it wasn't real. It's no big deal, it's just my brain, etc. However, the feeling associated with this one specifically is what scared me the most, not necessarily the content of it. That night, I dreamt that I was chained by the neck to the wall of a cave and possessed by a demon. My boyfriend and his friend were there, but refused to help me, or could not help me. I felt a heaviness that I usually feel during sleep paralysis, but I was definitely dreaming. I was fighting my own body in and out of consciousness. I woke up terrified. So terrified that my 19-year-old self asked my mom to come sleep in the bed with me at 2 in the morning. 
The next day, my mom asked me what my dream was about, but I refused to tell her because I was afraid she would use it as more ammo in her reasons for me to stop investigating the Mormon church, and of course the fact that it downright scared the bejesus out of me. She then told me that she had slept terribly and experienced sleep paralysis off and on throughout the night. She said that she felt like something was tugging on her legs all night at the foot of the bed. This only solidified my terror, and to this day have not told her about my dream. This was about 10 years ago, and I have not experienced anything like that since. Only some eerie feelings, here and there. Comforting dreams of dead family members, or some fleeting corner-of-the-eye images, but nothing quite like that time in my life. It could have been stress, it could have been the paranormal, I'm not sure. I can only speak to my own experiences in this life. Just as a side note, I want to be clear that I'm not insinuating that the LDS slash Mormon church is evil or anything like that. I married an ex-Mormon and my in-laws are practicing Mormons, though my husband and I consider ourselves agnostic these days. Tales from Basements Dark From Vivian My name is Vivian, and I am a witch, one of your many fan art makers. Now, before you disregard me, I should let you know what witchcraft means to me. To me, witchcraft is more about tapping into myself, unlocking things I couldn't do before, becoming more aware, and using the power of intention to protect myself. Now, I am from the northwestern corner of the United States, and I have found some of the strangest things happen in Maine, Oregon, and Pennsylvania. Those strange things will happen just about everywhere. I was raised Christian, but I don't think I ever fully believed as I never attended services and always sat in the children's playroom. By the time I was too old for that, my family had left the church and were non-practicing Christians. But let's get to the stories. I'll be adding a few that you might pick from, depending on the episodes you might be doing. Ever since I was little, I could feel things. When you talk about the different kinds of dark on the podcast, I understand. My basement is always dark, and not because it's a basement. It has high daylight windows. It's just dark. When I was five, I'd seen the ghost of my great-grandfather, the one who built the house, as a full-bodied apparition working at a desk in the basement. I hadn't recognized him until I saw his picture on the mantle and asked. In witchcraft, warding is used as a protective measure, to set the intention that things wishing to do the practitioner harm cannot pass it. The top stair leading to the upstairs hallway and out of my basement holds years worth of intention. I've always felt something dark down there, and I didn't want it coming upstairs. It feels angry and dark and like it wants to do harm, like it's watching. I, from experience, feel like technology can sometimes interfere with one's connection to paranormal experiences, things like phones. My room is in the basement, at the end of the hall. One day I'd gone the entire day without my phone, the same with the evening as I'd left my phone upstairs. I slept with the door of my room locked that night. Early in the morning I was woken up with bells ringing in my right ear. Now this would be fine if my right ear wasn't pressed to my pillow. But, writing it off, I went back to sleep. But then I woke up again around that unfortunate time between 3 and 4 a.m. to scratching on my door. Now I have dogs, and dogs like to scratch on doors, but this was not that. The dogs don't come in the basement. The dogs can't and don't reach halfway up the door where a person would knock. A dog doesn't make the sounds I heard. It sounded like claws. A boat at the space on the door where someone would knock. And it was scratching, not quite, like when someone slowly taps their fingers one by one repeatedly on a desk, but with claws and slightly scratching. It felt dark, angry, and smug, 
like if my door hadn't been locked, it would have slowly pushed it open just to toy with me. I forced myself back to sleep, with my blankets pulled up to my neck. My parents had been long divorced. My father, getting the better deal, moved into a new house. Unfortunately, this house was between the bar, the morgue, and the church. We always joke he lives between heaven and hell, as he is Christian. Now, the morgue is right in my father's backyard. Thanks, Dad. But I've never felt anything bad there. I've heard knocks and such, but the house is comfortable. Once I'd been staying there for the week and had gone to bed, but woke up in a dream. I couldn't move. I felt hot and like I couldn't breathe, but a shadow with horns was flickering in and out of my peripheral vision. It felt angry and smug. That feeling of, I've got you and you can't do anything. I did everything. Eventually, I could only move my arms and made the sign of the cross, even though I don't believe in it. It was a last resort. But whatever it was still wouldn't leave, and I believe this to be my only visual encounter with the darkness in the basement. I doubt a shadow with horns is what it really looks like. The way I sense it, it has no form, but I believe it took this form because it's easier for these things to show themselves in a way you understand. Whatever is in my mother's basement, I believe it also followed me to my father's house. It's like there was nowhere that was safe. The Cottage, from Allison. I have a very unexplainable event to share, one that still boggles my mind, and I can't decipher if this was an act by an unseen human or a ghostly entity passing in the night. When I was young, we had a college on a quiet lake in Perry Sound, Ontario. My father had built the cottage in the 1980s before I was born. I will give you a little background on the cottage so as to help you formulate a picture in your mind. It was built on a hill that led down to the water so naturally, the cottage was built partially on stilts, or pillars, on the hillside of the property. When I was about one year old, I shared a small bedroom at the front of the cottage, and notably by the front door, with my three-year-old sister, and my parents' room was at the other side of the cottage, but still, they were not far away, as the cottage was fairly small. We also had a black cat named Lily back then. One night, while we were all asleep in the middle of the night, my parents awoke to hear Lily meowing in the other room, the living room which was an unusual thing for her to do as she was not typically a chatty cat. She wouldn't stop meowing, so eventually my dad got up to see what was going on. Came out of his bedroom and looked towards the direction of our room, mine and my sister's, to find that the front door, which is just outside our bedroom, was open. Not only is the front door open, so is the sliding door across the living room that leads onto the deck. At this point, my dad rushed into our room to make sure we were okay, and we were perfectly sound asleep. Nothing had been disturbed. However, upon further investigation of the front door, my father found something eerie and right out of a horror movie. An old skeleton key for the cottage, sitting in the lock in the open door. Now, that skeleton key had been hidden by my dad in one of the concrete pillars that supported the cottage. If a human had seen my dad put that key in its hiding place under the cottage, it was highly unlikely, as he was one of the first cottages in the area, and at the time had no neighbors. It makes both more sense and less sense to me that a ghostly intruder visited us that night, disturbing our cat and perhaps seeing what my father had done to the property. The story still sends chills up my spine, and I always wondered who came waltzing through our cottage, taking nothing but a good look around. 